Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Ake Woman's first episode. Women have always thrived in communities and our platform hopes to foster a sense of connectivity, support, empathy and communication amongst women of the global South Asian diaspora. Why listen to our podcast? As an immigrant with a different cultural background from your country of residence, we aim to create a sisterhood of underserved women who can inspire and be inspired. Apart from Spotify, you can also follow this podcast on our Insta page at Aquaman Podcast. Just a side note, this episode was recorded during the height of the pandemic and rather than editing out references, we found them relevant to retain. Our first guest is celebrity chef and fellow South Asian Manit Chauhan. We're really excited she consented to be a part of our vision as we embark on this journey. Manith earned her bachelor's degree from India's top hotel management school, the Welcome Group Graduate School of Hotel Management. She interned at some of India's finest hotels before enrolling at the Culinary Institute of America. After graduating with top honors and many scholastic achievement awards, she started her US career at a family-owned fine dining restaurant in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, before going on to join the Latino Indian fusion restaurant Vermillion in Chicago. She started a branch of Vermillion in New York where she was hailed in Time Out magazine. Manit was the only Indian female competitor on the Iron Chef and is a judge on the popular food network show Chopped. Manit and her husband founded Morph Hospitality Group that runs four restaurants in Nashville, Tennessee. She's also authored two cookbooks. Manit is constantly reinventing herself and is currently on the hunt for a signature spice. Let's find out the secret ingredients of Manit's success. Hi Manit, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I should keep letting you go on and on. You're doing wonders for my ego. Did you always know you wanted to be a professional chef? And if not cooking, what career would you have chosen? I grew up in a really small town in India, Ranchi. It used to be in Bihar, now it's in Jharkhand. My dad was an engineer, my mom a school teacher, and later on she became a principal. In that entire small community, everybody was studying to be a doctor or an engineer. I was obsessed with anything food related. So I literally used to be this obnoxious kid who would eat dinner at home and then go to my neighbor's house, tell them that my parents haven't fed me, can I eat with you guys? And it was really amazing because each region has a very specific cuisine of its own. So I would be so fascinated. I grew up in a Punjabi household, but my neighbors who were from Andhra, they were ingredients which would blow my mind. And then later on when my older sister went to do her undergrad, I used to go to meet her. I would take food. 
and soon i realized i was the most popular kid on campus and i didn't even go to school there so that was my aha moment where i realized that this is what i wanted to do as a career form that connection through food my parents were absolutely incredible they are like do whatever you want just make sure that you're the best at it being a chef was always my mission uh if i was not a chef what would i be i don't know professional eater jewelry designer jewelry wearer who knows what compelled you to move to the us after you worked in india and how different is it working here as compared to india the time that i wanted to be a chef there was no master chef or anything happening in india it wasn't cool to be a chef people were like what you want to be a babarchi i did a lot of my trainings and i worked for a little bit in india where i more often than not found out that i was the only girl in a kitchen of chefs who were all men it was interesting because you had to fight to make your voice be heard i remember people would be like you're 18 shouldn't you be married by now maybe you want to learn how to cook so that you can make good food for your husband when you get married and i would be like are you in the kitchen so you can make good food for your wives i would hear it for the first time or the second time the third time i'm like why do you have a good boy in mind and they are like this girl is too smart for her own good there was a no win situation when i started off my career i really wanted to specialize in baking and pastry arts nothing of that sort was being done in india the initial plan was to become this pastry chef open a pastry shop in india i wanted to get the best education out there cia the culinary institute of america i realized how much further i could go because i could put my resources in making myself a stronger chef as opposed to just making my space that was the time that i decided to make a mark in the culinary field over here and what a mark <laughs> i guess you're no longer the only female chef in the kitchen like you were in india so i was like you know this is my kitchen and i make the rules right once you step into the kitchen gender gets left out be it a man be it a woman it is a difficult industry this kitchen is a great equalizer so the rules are as long as you're passionate about food as long as you're hard working and as long as you're dedicated to your craft you have a place in my kitchen absolutely we have mutual respect Most people say women can't have it all but in the midst of pursuing a successful career you're also managing and balancing marriage and motherhood did you even think that's possible absolutely you can have it all if you want it right all the people who say that you can't have it all are simply looking for an excuse for not working hard enough and not balancing things off life in general is full of ups and downs the trick is not to let the downs get you down and wiped out i mean that's what all of us are even doing in these times with covid right it is challenging all of us are just trying to figure out the best way to live through covid and to thrive through covid but there's another interesting thing about south asian women they battle the guilt factor I think it's human nature. I don't think it's only South Asian. Guilt is an integral part of who we are, right? I mean, 
it is what it is. Do I not feel guilt? I do. When I'm traveling, when I have to go and shoot, I feel guilty that I'm not with my kids. And when I'm with my kids, I feel guilty I'm not at work. When I'm at work, I feel guilty that I am not on the set. So guilt is there. The thing is, I've embraced it. I don't let it dictate my life. It's a feeling like sadness. It's like happiness. It's just a feeling. Talking about feelings, I know that you met your husband, you knew him as kids, and then you met him again when you went to the US and reconnected. Did you always know you'd marry an Indian man? Did I always know I would marry an Indian man? No, not really. And it was never a prerequisite to me. It was anybody who I could connect with. And it was anybody who would respect my ambition. And it would be a mutually respectable equation. Growing up in India, you do see there is that stereotypical typecast that you can't do this or you are married or you're a mom, you can't do this. Uh, the fact is that I have been brought up by a very strong mom who had a career of her own in a place where not many moms were working. And the reason why she did that was because my dad supported her 100%. So to me, that was the expectation that whoever I uh, end up with not only, you know, respects me for my choices as I would respect him. And both our careers would be as important and we could flourish and grow together. What did your mother do? What was her line of work? She was a principal of a school. Both my grandmoms, I mean, both of them absolutely dynamic ladies. They were running their businesses. And yeah, so it's a great lineage that I come from. And this is what an ache women we like. We have these strong women role models who are the epitome of being South Asian, but still have their career and are successful in balancing everything. What does success mean to you? And what's your advice to women trying to find this balance between home and career? I think success to me is that when I put my head on the pillow in the end of the day, I can honestly say that it was a good day. I have achieved something and I have not hurt anybody. I have realized that I as an individual cannot make a macro change in life. Okay. What I can do is make a micro change. And if each and every one of us makes a micro change, there is going to be a macro change right? And that to me is important. To me, what is important is my community, which is my family at home, which is my family at work. Have I done everything to make sure that they are happy, that they are successful? They've had a fair day. To me, success is not about when I was invited to the White House to meet President Obama or Michelle Obama. Yes, I very shamelessly throw that in this conversation. To me, success is the small successes of every day that lead to a big outcome, right? I was not invited to the White House because one day I got up and I did a good job. No, it's because it was 40 years of working my butt off, of being honest to myself that resulted in where I ended up. Thanks for throwing that in shamelessly. It was part of my questions. I'll just delete that one off my list now. <laughs> that is what outsiders view as success. 
I took my mom. Just think about it, right? Like my sister and my mom, of course, Vivek and Chagun. To me, it was a surreal moment. The fact that this obnoxious girl from a small town in India is invited to the White House, it was a proud moment. What was that pivotal moment when you knew you were on the right track as a woman and an immigrant, especially on a road less taken? I don't think that there was a pivotal moment. It's been a series of moments. Like when I came to the CIA, at that time, I thought this was my dream come true because I used to sit in India and look at these culinary secrets of the CIA and I would promise myself that one day, I will be one of those students, right? And then I was a student. And then when I would see all of these graduation speakers who would come to CIE and I'm like, one day I will be a graduation speaker. And I got invited twice. I would see Iron Chef and I'm like, one day I will compete against an Iron Chef. I competed. When I was competing, I would look at the judges and say that one day I'll be one of the judges. And that happened. It's just a combination of all of these things, which are pivotal moments. And I'm hoping that I haven't reached the pivotal moment yet. You never, ever thought that I'm a woman, I'm an immigrant, it's going to impact me, it's going to come in the way of my success. The thing is that I was never raised thinking that being a girl or being a woman is a disadvantage. I think it's a blessing to be a woman because what you can achieve, men can't. Oh my God, only women can multitask. There are times that I have like, you know, the news is going on. I'm on my computer writing something. I have my iPad over there. I have my phone. Uh, I have all of these books over here. Dinner is going on and I'm keeping an eye on the kids. <laughs> and Vivek is like, why can't you do one thing at a time? I'm like, don't be jealous, right? Don't be. <laughs> the fact that I'm a woman of color, I never saw it as a disadvantage ever. The thing is, as long as you realize where you're coming from and where you're starting this climb, up the ladder, you might have to work a little bit harder, a little bit longer to reach the same level as somebody who has been born and brought up over here. But hey, who said success ever came easy? You talked about Iron Chef. You were fortunate to compete. It's a popular American TV show. How did you get your break? And then what emotions did you go through when you weren't one of the finalists? It was a very organic way this entire thing played out. I was invited to be a contestant against Chef Morimoto. Morimoto started his career the year I was born. He's a legend. There's no questions about it. To me, just being on the same stage competing against him, I was like, this is it. I've already won. I always tell people I came a respectable second among two people because that's better than saying that I lost. Uh, but to me, it was the opportunity, right? And then I went on Next Iron Chef. What it made me realize was that these cooking competitions that I judge all the time and I tell people who are competing, it's a combination of a game show, which does mean that there is a lot of external factors involved. And also your cooking chops. It does not define who you are as a chef, right? You might be the most incredible chef in the kitchen. And at times, it's just not your day. There are so many people when they get chopped, they are so defeated. And they're like, this is the end of my career. I'm like, no, 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 no. If you think you're good enough, go back to your kitchen and cook. I always say that I have learned more from my failures than from my successes. It kind of reminds me, you know, I mean, we have the Oscars. There's like five awesome actresses who are nominated. Only one is going to win. 
doesn't make the other four bad actresses. One is tough enough. You run four restaurants and you picked Nashville. What was the story behind that? Just because I talk the most, I get the most oxygen in the room. The only reason that I can do what I'm doing is, you know, my incredible team. We have incredible people who make sure that all of this happens. I would be nowhere without them. Vivek, my husband and I, we are, you know, in the same industry. So we are also business partners, which I don't know what we were thinking of when we thought that being married to each other is let's start a business together. It's incredible because you get each other's passion and craziness. And by Nashville? The one word answer is karma. Chopped had just taken off. I was getting phone calls from pretty much all over the country. Do you want to open something in Seattle, something in San Francisco, in New York, Chicago, the obvious food cities. And in between, I get a phone call, hey, would you like to open something in Nashville? And who goes to Nashville? But both of us are also the kind of people who explore each and every opportunity that comes our way. So we flew down to Nashville and we just fell in love with the opportunity that the city offered in terms of opening, you know, my own first restaurant. The plan was that we'll open something. We will commute from New York because Vivek had restaurants in New York. We'll have a team over here. The project, which was supposed to open in six months, took approximately two years. Along the way, we found out we were expecting baby number two. The plan was open the restaurant in November, work for a month or so, go back to New York, give birth to the baby in March, April. The night that we had our media dinner, which was on November 17th, 2014, as I'm going from one table to the other, my contraction started. Our son decided to be born at 26 weeks. He was a three-month early preemie. Uh, he couldn't wait to join the party. Vivek and I were not there at the opening of Chohan Elan Masala House. We named our son Karma. And we are like, if he's so adamant in being a Nashvilleian, who are we to stop it? So we went back to New York, wrapped up everything. We spent three months in the NICU. We came here and four years, four restaurants, three breweries. I think we're doing Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay. What a story. How difficult was it for you to persuade non-Indians to appreciate your cuisine, especially in Nashville? Do you have any interesting stories to share? I think the non-Indians are a lot more receptive than Indians are because a lot of the first generation Indians, they have a preconceived notion of how their 
mom would make chicken or dal and they would come and tell me that this is not how my mom would make it i'm like i am not trying to make your mom's food i'm making my food right or that entire conversation of authenticity i do think good food speaks for itself and you don't have to sell it people will come if they find something that they like and i think the non indians are so much more adventurous the second generation indians they are also a great customer base that we have because they want to eat flavors that they've grown up with but in a more modern and a fun setting so it's an interesting combination of people that we get does a lot of your cooking role model what you grew up with is it a fusion is it very authentic food is like life it's all about evolution i travel a lot um constantly doing research so it's a combination of everything but what is also important to me is the entire team's input it's not my way or the highway it's no we are catering to an audience i get inspiration from a guest who comes over here and i'm sitting and i'm talking to them and they come up with my grandmom would do this and if it clicks with me i go back and i start tweaking and tinkering and playing around with it it's like an artist making a painting they get inspiration from their feeling their mood their environment and that to me is cooking i wish i could say that there was a science behind it there really isn't it's like a lot of heart involved but you have to keep in mind everything that i've studied so far it comes together when you're making a dish you talked about your husband being your business partner you can't even leave work when you go home so how do you manage that i mean it's incredible I think we figured it out. We have our own space. To me, my morning walks are very important. I get up early. I just have my me time. I'm a morning person. He's a late night person. You figure it out. And I travel a lot. Vivek has nine restaurants in Toronto, so he also travels a lot. Both of us have to consciously find a couple of weekends in a year that we actually just spend with each other. Indian food has become the flavor of the times with all the health benefits of ghee and turmeric and himalayan sea salt being touted what's your take on this sudden popularity i mean all i can say is finally right these are things that we knew for generations i would have sniffles mom would heat some milk put haldi or turmeric in it with some honey there are turmeric lattes which are being sold in california for like 10 dollars a pop and we're like damn we missed the boat on that one i think as the world is becoming smaller people are appreciating different cultures a lot more it's important that me as a chef talking about different flavors and different ingredients you know young indian chefs carrying the torch of indian cuisine in all honesty I don't think that we are anywhere close to where we should be when it comes to Indian culture or South Asian culture and flavors. I think we have a long way to go. How has the pandemic, the uprisings affected you, your life, your business? Have you had to have any layoffs? We decided to close all the concepts before it was mandated because we saw it coming. We employ around 250 people. We had these conversations that should we follow them and having no idea about when we were going to get out of this we made the decision to lay them off because at least they would get unemployment and stimulus it was devastating spending 5 years to build a family and then to tell them that we have to let you go i mean i can't tell you the number of nights i would take a bottle of wine go to my closet just shut the door and just drink and cry and get it out of the system so the kids don't see it and then say okay bunny let's get up and see how we can rectify the situation or how we can make the best of it the fact is that 
even though we let the entire team go, we still had to operate. As people of color who are running this business, did any of the uprisings impact you also? It absolutely affected me. We had some big protests over here. The protests were the day we were going to open back up again. The safety of our staff is paramount. So we made sure that we closed, even though we were all ready and Opening a restaurant is not just opening the door. You've ordered food, you've ordered alcohol, you have everything prepped, so everything goes to waste. What really surprised me was the fact that fellow South Asian, especially young women, who were being very mean on social media because I was not being vocal enough. And you know what? This is the price of you're going to get trolled. I, as a rule of thumb, do not engage. They're like, you know, there are other people in the South Asian community who are so much more vocal about this. Why aren't you? Which really upset me for a very long time. Just because I'm not plastering it on social media, I'm employing people. You are sitting at home, quarantined. I have been putting myself out there every day, not only myself, but my family. Because every time I go out, I face a risk of getting infected and bringing it back home. I am making sure that my team, which I laid off, wouldn't go hungry. I am feeding the frontline workers. You have no idea. I use social media to share positivity because there are so many people who are depressed. And even if I can get a smile on one person's face or give hope to one person, I've done my job. I employ people of color. I have the most diverse team. At times, you have to just keep on going and let your actions speak for themselves. I just love the fact that you're still looking at the positive side and haven't let that impact you. You've got to do that. I remember one day my daughter comes back from school and she's like, "Um, there's a kid who called me black. My reaction was, did you turn and say thank you? Because black is a beautiful color. I could have made a big deal out of it. Why? It's a fact that you are not white. You have color. Fantastic. It is our responsibility to make sure that the next generation doesn't doesn't associate white with good and black with bad. Beauty is never about how you look. It's how you act. We need more such reactions, you know, and then there will be change. Like you say, the micro change to make that macro change. Yes, exactly. And that to me is the most important thing. This world just needs some more kindness, man. Okay, I've got to tell you, there was a group of 10 bachelorettes who came to dine. And we had very clearly told them that 10 people cannot sit on a table because of the city mandates. This is the law, right? So we put them on two separate tables. They decided to join the tables. We're like, we're sorry, we cannot break the law. They started abusing our team members. And then they walked out without a mask on their face. And while one of the persons is walking out, our AGM was walking to the table with the drinks. And there is this young brat entitled brat who turns to our AGM and coughs on her face. Jesus. And to me, I'm like, in these times, you can be this ugly, right? I mean, we have filed a complaint. We are like, this is assault. You cannot come to our house and disrespect our family. The fact is that people in the hospitality industry are putting themselves out there, right? To serve you so that you can go out and get drunk and not 
have the basic decency to respect another human being. So these times are interesting because it brings out the best in people, but it also brings out the worst in people. It's unacceptable. 99% of the people are supporting us. And then the 1% who don't have the balls to tell their name or show their face, they are leaving voicemails that we live on these bachelorettes. This is our bread and butter. This is our business. We need tourists coming in. Okay, I will hear you. You've seen my face. Show me your face. They won't do that. Eight Women is about forming a community. What does community mean to you? Community to me means connection. We as human beings cannot thrive alone. We cannot be happy alone. We need people around us to hold us accountable, to make sure that we are the best versions of ourselves to encourage each other and to go ahead and make sure that the next generation is a much better version of us. And we need a community for that. And community doesn't need to be people who kind of look together, people who talk the same language. No, community is anybody who connects. And that is why I love food so much because food is the biggest connector of all times, not only because it's so delicious, but because it breaks barriers, mm. right? If wars could be discussed over food and wine, there would be no wars in the world. I strongly believe that. We've heard about your remarkable weight loss, which is an issue that's always plagued women. So what triggered you to tackle it and what's your secret? What triggered me to tackle it was that I am the biggest role model for my kids. If they think that it's okay to be like this, how am I going to make sure that they live a healthy life? How I did it was absolutely simple math. You lose weight by burning more calories than you consume. So it was all about portion control. I make sure that I put 10,000 steps every day, moderate what I eat because I couldn't get on a restrictive diet given my job is eating, right? Mm. Like when I'm judging, I'm eating. So that kind of made sure that I wasn't depriving myself. Now I am not as strict as I was when I was losing weight because I'm happy where I am. Literally, I would get up in the morning and the first thing in my fitness pal app, I would put my two glasses of wine and my two lint chocolates. So that would mean that I had 500 calories left. Okay, celery and carrots, that's what it is. <laughs> but I needed those two to make sure that the end of the day, I had that accounted for because that would have been an awful day. I hear you. Every woman needs her wine and chocolate, you know. Oh, yeah. What's life without that? And over what period of time did this weight loss take place? I think around six to eight months. I lost around 50 pounds. That's such an incredible achievement. Amazing. Could you speak about mentoring people and chefs? I am a strong believer that a rising tide raises all ships. We can never grow in isolation. It has to be the growth of the entire community, as we were talking about. So that's why mentoring is very, very important to me. Giving opportunities to people who haven't had opportunities is very important. Because at the end of the day, what is going to happen is that um, when they are going to grow, I will be growing along mm. with them, right? They are going to carry on the mantle. They were people who laid the foundation 
for Indian food to be even acceptable in the US. Our generation has made it cool and trendy. And the next generation needs to just carry that on. It's a matter of bringing to the forefront the beauty of Indian cuisine. We've got to do that by supporting each other. Pretty much what you guys are doing with this platform. You're working on a signature spice. What other interesting plans do you have up your sleeve and how far along have you come with this signature spice? All of these things are work in progress. We are trying to do sauces and spice blends and let's see how it works out. My new cookbook chart was nine years in the making. Growing up in India, I used to love train rides. And I would remember each and every station from the food that was served in the station. So this book is pretty much dedicated to each and every street vendor in India who has impacted our journey and made me realize that delicious food does not need to be elitist. It is the great equalizer. A person in a Ferrari can pull up to the same place where a person who's not doing economically that well, they both enjoy the same bowl kappas. So to me, that's what this book is about. The love letter of my story. I have a rapid fire round for you. What's your favorite spice? It changes with the season. Right now, it's chaat masala. And your favorite cuisine? Gharka khana, home-cooked food. Favorite drink? A dry white wine. Your favorite holiday destination? I don't want to go back to the same place. I just want to explore the whole world. But uh, Machu Picchu was incredible. What's your favorite restaurant? I have four. Chauhan Ale and Masala House, Chatable, Tanso and Mockingbird. Awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite chef movie? The Secret Ingredient. You want to know why? Yeah. Because that is a Hallmark movie in which I have acted. I also have actress under my belt right now. Awesome. Burger or Vada Pao? Vada Pao? Nashville or New York? Nashville. I used to call myself a Nash Yorker for a very long time. Manit, this was a fantastic conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much for being a part of our inaugural show as we create this much-needed global community. Namaste. Thank you.